Imagine you, any time of the day, anywhere in the world with all of your friends, then imagine that all of you can do anything that comes to mind. Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. Obsidian North's Collective Dream VR lenses are now worldwide. So why are you waiting? Make your imagination your reality today. And Kara's not in it for the story. She's in it for the justice. It's going to be a hot time in the old town tonight. We are talking CW's Supergirl Season 5, Episode 5, Dangerous Liaisons. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. That's right. We're talking CW's Supergirl Season 5, Episode 5, Dangerous Liaisons. And I feel that we have a little bit of cruel intentions on the part of some of our characters. We're going to talk a lot of Supergirl and how it's breaking down. If you don't know me, then you don't know Supergirl at all. Because I am the Supergirl superfan, Taran. Well, actually, it's Taran. But you understand, it doesn't rhyme. Anyway, the point is this. You were talking CW Supergirl Season 5, Episode 5, Dangerous Liaisons, on the best after show on the planet. And in Darn the booth, right. we have the one and only Ryan Nielsen. Ryan Nielsen in the booth, Tehran's co-host for the Watchmen After Show. Here to talk Supergirl with you. Follow Tehran at Supergirl Tehran on Twitter. That's actually the Twitter that the fan account made. You made that, Ryan. I, that's not no, my. No, a fan made it. It wasn't me. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it was a random fan. Well, thank you for being here and talking fan, not random. as you're talking behind the scenes. Uh, and you will be keeping an eye on the chat. So make sure to let us know in the chat what you're thinking, commenting. Feel free. We will be giving shout outs throughout the show. We're going to break down the episode as thus. We're going to break it down by the Rojas investigation and where that leads Russell Rogers, Rip Roar, that new interest character that we met uh, or Facian Brainy uh, that Brainy interrogation that was amazing the Geyser Geyser Weave Wave of Destruction there was so much there and yet not enough William Day all day, every day, Obsidian's launch. Then we're going to go into the subplot of Alex and Kelly's dataversary, Kelly's PTSD, and the shared moment they had. And finally, with one of my favorite plots that I can't wait to unfold, Lena's experiment, Deal with the Devil. Malefic and Lena make a deal, but which one is the devil? Leviathan is coming to life! The special segment we have each and every week, Supergirls, where we highlight a Supergirl in the world who's making a change. Uh, this week is Springfield's Ashley Luna Gorbia. Our news and gossip, find out why playing Supergirl ruined Halloween for Supergirl. And, of course, we have some on-point predictions courtesy of Maw. Uh, the one and only host with the most. So you're going to want to stay tuned. We have so much, much more. Now. I want to break down why I thought this was an amazingly well-done episode. This, to me, was one of the best episodes, even though I wasn't a fan of Rip Roar, the character. It was a bit predictable. I felt even the shape of his face was very Russell Rogers. And I'm very disappointed that William Day just couldn't look at this guy's face and know who it was. However, this episode was very to-the-point, matter-of-fact, and seemed to be an excellent bridge from what happened last week as we're falling forward in this Rojas investigation. And we get the word Leviathan, and we 
which if you know anything about Supergirl, you know that Leviathan is a huge part of what is going on in the Supergirl world. This fictional criminal organization, the DC Comics, which we'll talk about a lot more, especially with the schism of League of Assassins and all that. It becomes so deep in the Supergirl mythology. But I really enjoyed the concept of what's going on with the William Day and the Rojas investigation were bringing Carr and William together. And then separately, this whole Lena experiment and what's going on with Malefic and how we're playing that, Lena's obsession herself. We get the Obsidian launch Finally, we get to see it a little bit in action, or at least what it seems, and I feel like it's going to definitely tie in. It's going to play a huge part in my predictions, personally. The only storyline that I wasn't super a fan of is the Alex and Kelly dataversary, Kelly PTSD, maybe because I'm emotionally unavailable, but possibly because it's one of the weaker storylines that is unnecessary for the story. I love that Alex has a personal life, especially coming off Alex not having a personal life for so long. However, there are they're almost forcing it upon us. I would love it if it had much more to do with the storyline, considering that Kelly specifically works for Obsidian North, and they did away with her malefic connection. So let's get more of that. That's, that's the meat that we're looking for, and right now it's being a lot of fodder. I would love to know what you thought of the, of the episode overall as well. Please comment below. I do love reading your comments so much. Let's start with the breakdown. I'm going to begin with the Rojas investigation because that investigation is what's the motivating factor of so many characters on the show right now. Of course, it has specifically to do with William Day, but now we see that Kara, uh, as Kara Danvers and not as Supergirl is involved, and then we see Supergirl also becomes involved because how can we have Kara without Supergirl and one without the other? So Supergirl sees this almost supernatural, the assassin route. Kara sees the journalistic investigation route. William Day is investigative journalism also plays a part, but now we see that he has a personal stake in the game, something we've been theorizing for weeks now, going into this fifth week with the fifth episode. So now we get this Russell Rogers character, the best friend that is dead or vanished. Later we find out, of course, he's Rip Roar. Connection with Andrea, we see what is really driving William Day. So this Rojas investigation is leading us somewhere. And it looks like a dead end until us, the audience knows that it is not that's why this Rojas investigation is not only so important it's so interesting and intriguing it's something that's pulling at our interest we want to know more I want to know what's going on as we move forward in this Rojas investigation is Andrea involved kind of we see this woman figure who seems to be Andrea's mom or handler we don't know and then of course Andrea is a part of it we also thought we came to a dead end as this plan that is unfolding with this this geyser and this tidal wave and and all these things happening would have destroyed obsidian's manufacturing so so much is going on we get this picture, we get these secret compartments, and just to let you know, having foreign currency is not as shady as people think, but it does seem shady to have it ready. If she had a couple passports, if Andrea had a couple passports in that secret compartment, we might have thought she was shadier, but there's just so much going on. This investigation has been a focal point for so many weeks. We kept getting nods and tids until 
the last two episodes, we got much more involved. And of course, the last episode, we found what a tangled web we weave once we begin to deceive. And there's a tangled web literally on a wall in William Day's apartment where he is now connecting the dots. It reminds me of of the conspiracy theory of one of the Justice League members where they just everything is connected to another thing, except now we as the audience know that Leviathan is connecting all these things in some way, and that is the conspiracy. Leviathan is basically this criminal organization that's behind all the conspiracies in this Supergirl world, so it's such a huge... It, it, is, it is Hydra, Hive, and the Mafia combined. It is what Lex Luthor wishes he was in charge of. It is the League of Assassins without the good intent of bad intentions, right? So we do get a Leviathan nod, and that's all coming and stemming from this Rojas investigation. So it's good to see we're driving and what this driving force is. It's excellent to see. And this Rojas family is clearly behind it, or at least we think so. Now, you're probably wondering a little more about who Leviathan is, and I would like to expound on that because the Rojas investigation is clearly leading towards that. Leviathan is a huge part. Leviathan is this organization, and it's founded by Talia al Ghul, which is it possible that, that the figure that we saw was Talia, and they're using the surname Rojas on their own? So here, Talia, when she breaks up with the League of Assassins, this is the organization she finds. And it's basically a liturgy or a, a anti-capitalist sinking to, to dismantle society and impose itself as the leaders of this new, new way of, of, uh, of basically a new world order. In some ways, it is the ultimate communist order that takes over the world. And interesting, interestingly enough... It's almost on par with what Lena's doing with mind control, except this is a form of governmental control. It's Big Brother to its T, to the to the utmost, right? Uh, Batman, basically, it had a lot to do with Batman, so it's interesting to see this bringing into the Supergirl world. But it does play a part, and it's in, and it's so nice to see that. It's nice to see something from this DC comic lore coming and making its way into the Supergirl world. Because often, we're seeing nods and tidbits, but for the most part, they're creating their own storylines. But with this, we're bringing the comic back to life. Sure, it has much more to do with the Batman world, but it does play in the Supergirl world. And now we see that it's become, in my opinion, the main attraction. I can't wait to find out more about Leviathan that final reveal scene in the limousine in which what I'm suspecting and this will be part of my predictions Talia Al Ghul or Andrea Rojas's mother is leading this charge in this wave how they knew Supergirl was going to dismantle the waves and reverse the effects I don't know but that's the natural assumption of what they're going now Without this Rojas investigation, we would never find out about William Day's best friend, Russell Rogers. Russell Rogers was somehow involved with Andrea Rojas. He's in love with this billionaire. He tells his best friend, never tells Andrea about the best friend, which is how we get this mask of how William can be there and investigating Andrea without being exposed. Andrea has no idea that William Day and Russell Rogers have a connection. William, of course, is basically just... The whole time he's daydreaming about confronting Andrea. It's his dream. And it's 
it's one of the flaws that I've seen is that why William was so good at covering his tracks and now as he's getting closer, he, he's about to burst. He's been doing this investigation for two years and now that he's finally come upon it and stumbling upon it, he's about to give up all the exposure. He's just going to tell on himself. Why can't he stay calm, cool, and collected? Possibly because he told Kara, and now once a secret is told to two, it's a secret no more. He's held this in so long that he is a metaphor for the geyser. He's about to burst. He's about to explode. I felt that there was definitely a a simile there. There was definitely some type of connection between that imagery of a geyser exploding and William Day keep fantasizing about confronting Andrea. Basically, if you remember, this is a throwback to when Lena was confronting Kara for not telling her the truth. We get a very similar obsessive compulsive nature from both of these people who believe that they are in the right. Now, when it comes to Russell Rogers, we see that Russell Rogers is Quote, unquote, I'm doing the quote fingers, killed by Rip Roar. That's the Dr. Octopus character we saw with the arms coming out of the back and those metal arms and somehow being trained and the whole nine. So we get a bit of a born, born identity. Here's somehow Roger... Russell Rogers is a is a assassin. He's got the Doc Ock pack. He's ready to go. And he claims... When, when William's like, what did you do to Russell? Ru- uh, Rip Roar, I'm so sorry. Did I call him Russell? I apologize. Rip Roar basically says he's dead. And then simply shoves William Day instead of killing him as well and goes about his day. So that's what prompted the entire investigation to begin with. It's something we've been looking forward to. I don't know if it was a big enough tell, but I'll let it slide. I'll let it be because I did enjoy that storyline. And I'm glad that Rip Roar did not take up more than one episode. At this point, Rip Roar is captured and being put in his place. I do think that the initial fight between Rip Roar and Supergirl might have been a bit much. Here we have Supergirl, who, by the way, I don't know why everyone keeps forgetting she's one of the most powerful, if not most powerful beings on the planet. Supergirl is is slated to be stronger than Superman himself. So why is she constantly losing first fights? Why doesn't she just beat the crap out of Rip Roar? And if that gun that Rip Roar took, as Rip Roar broke into the government facility and took Luther's marathon laser, then created a lot, and the marathon laser, by the way, is able to launch a concentrated beam of heat at a target 26.2 miles away, eerily specific, and I don't know why. Then you take a particle amplifier created 100 years in the future. This would be a fusion cannon, and it has the power 100 times more hot or more powerful than the sun, than the center of the sun. Shoots it at Supergirl. Why did Supergirl not become supercharged? Her powers come from the sun. Why is she not supercharged after that? That concentrated beam would be like uh, live wire basically soaking up uh, an electric substation. How did that not happen? How did she feel sick to her stomach and fall to the ground after the one shot? And also, when Supergirl grabbed Rip Roar's arms, why did she just rip them off? I mean, Supergirl is just that powerful. We see her be powerful when she just squeezes out of anger, out of frustration. She squeezes the, the metal handles at the DEO. 
Why can't we get that Supergirl all the time? Let's make Supergirl and her powers consistent. Let's keep her powers consistent. Let's make her the character that she was supposed to be. I know it makes it difficult in the writer's room to have a super powerful Supergirl because it makes it almost too easy to stop all the villains. However, that's why Lex Luthor is such a convincing villain because Supergirl or Superman is the, is the brawn and, and Lex Luthor is the brains. That's what makes the Joker and the Lex Luthors such compelling villains. These are people who outsmart the heroes. They are one step ahead or two steps more crazy than or three steps more willing to do. And that's what I would like to see more of instead of going tit for tat in a battle of the brawn with Supergirl and giving the L to Supergirl when clearly she should be the hands down winner. And I think we can all agree with that because Supergirl is still Supergirl through and through. Here we see her go, Alex, I need John. Also on that power front, how is John's powers also so fluctuating? She, he can feel the psychic energy of a struggle that happened three years ago in Russell Rogers' apartment, but he has a hard time reading people's thoughts. I mean, let's give a consistency. Let's, let's write down, let's take a piece of paper and write down everyone's powers and make sure that we know what they are at any given time. This is what the Martian Manhunter does. This is what Brainy does. This is what Dreamer does. We see Dreamer battle the geyser and the tidal wave. I mean, the tidal wave that's about to destroy the city, and she does so almost effortlessly. How does she have so much power, and why are we not using her powers consistently? How powerful is Dreamer? I ask that almost every single week. And, of course, we don't use Brainy's powers at all, except he gets to do a couple... Uh, equations here and there and fixing problems. I mean, Brainy's also a super-powered being. Let's, all I'm saying is let's utilize these powers more efficiently. We can get a lot more out of it. There's a lot more story. Let's take this lemon and make some lemon juice. And that's all I'm saying. Not even lemonade, lemon juice. I'm not asking for too much here. So, we get Rip Roar, the Dr. Octopus, the Dr. Octopus crony. We get Supergirl, getting her ass handed to her the first fight, but then in the second fight, beating him extremely easily the second time as if it was nothing. Within 30 seconds, he was he was basically in handcuffs. So why can't we get that consistency? One aspect I did really enjoy is Brainy being, uh, being basically he, he gets the manifestation of the Orifacian, that host that we saw with the spiders uh, from two episodes ago, last episode as well. So we get that, and we get Brainy takes it upon himself to be able to get those answers, and William comes in, and of course, William's part of this investigation. He plays very much a bad cop, but he's just an emotional cop, really, if you think about it. As Alex asks all the good questions, and, and William goes a bit mad as they're asking as they're asking the, the questions that they need to ask. You should know. You know, Rip Roar. You know. So when it comes to Brainy, they don't ask William to be a part of it this time. They're like, ah, he kind of went crazy. He kind of went crazy when it came to, came to Rip Roar. We're going to just, uh, we're going to do this one on our own. Brainy, Brainy did an excellent job. And when I say Brainy, I mean the actor... Uh, the actor, I'm finding his name right now. I had it. He's so good. So good. So good. It's so strong. He plays, he plays such a strong, wonderful, wonderful 
actor. His name Brilliant is. Actor. Yes. Can you stop doing that, Ryan, in the booth? Thank you. Let's. I got to look up his name because uh, I I don't know why I always forget it. But he's so good. He's so strong in this in this, especially in this episode because he switches from the Orifacian to Brainy effortlessly on on cue. On cue, he goes to this evil character, Jesse Raff. Jesse Raff. That's the guy's name. I'm so sorry, Jesse. I know your sister was even on the show. We love you, Jesse Raff. You are a consistently good, just fun part of the show. And the way you play Brainy, I could see no one else playing this part in such a way. So that interrogation from going from good to bad in an instant, in a snap, was so strong. The character, the mannerisms, it actually reminded me of one of the the uh, death death dealers from Harry Potter. If you remember, he was the son of the minister, and he would do the he would do the tongue thing, and he he was in Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, Barty Crouch Jr. Thank you so much. This is why Ryan is part of the dream team. Barty Crouch, if you remember those mannerisms and you take the Orifacian version of Brainy, they were extremely similar. I don't know if it was on purpose, but it was definitely a similarity there. So great job to Jesse for pulling that off so freaking well. Now, we go to Antarctica. We have this connection that came out of nowhere that all the all the people who were targeted by Rip Roar and the assassins basically are are all part of Lake Vostak Antarctic Base, the largest subglacial lake in the world in Antarctica. And they, if you combine them, they would be able to overcome all the security overrides. How could we not figure that out sooner? That's just something you would think would be figured out sooner. I mean, you would just be like, hey, where do they work? Oh, I mean, uh, it'd be like, oh, where do they all work? They all work at Sephora? Oh, we're targeting some makeup something, you know? Rihanna's trying to sell makeup something. I mean, it's such an easy fix is to figure out where the people work. That's all I'm saying. If you figured where they all worked, you would kind of know what was going to happen. You stole a heat gun. You're going to a glacier base. They at least figured it out an hour before it was about to happen, thankfully, and were able to get there in the nick of time, but after it already set in motion. So here we get the 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 geyser is is set to explode. Rip Roar uses the gun. The gun in one shot basically melts this entire polar ice cap geyser, sets it in motion, sets the biggest tidal waves all across the world. And by the way, we only stopped one tidal wave. What about the other tidal waves? Did do, did we just destroy Bangkok and just not care? I just want to know what happened. Is Melbourne and 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 Brisbane just gone? Where where did it stop? Where did it end? And we get this let's rotate around the geyser and create a whirlpool and then it'll it'll somehow go back, it'll tie down. All of these things are suspension of disbelief, but all I'm asking is for more suspension and less disbelief. That's all I'm asking. It's very simple. I appreciate all the work that you do, and I do enjoy the show so much, especially the writing. So let's appreciate the action as well. The action should play the part. We get a lot of great writing. We get a lot of good characters. We get a lot of good character bits. Let's have that action also. We don't need this grandiose displays. 
We need stuff that I'm not saying plausible. Supergirl is implausible. However, it needs to be greater, bigger. Let's get more. Let's have Supergirl utilize her powers. That's why. So it all ties back to the utilization of the powers. And, of course, we get this this danger, these tidal waves. Dreamer stops one. I don't know how they stop the rest. Supergirl and John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, basically contain the, the geyser and it all goes away. And we also get the knowledge that the geyser would have stopped or destroyed Obsidian and the launch. And that doesn't sound like Andrea would be tied to it. Why was that set in motion? Was that part of the plan? Obviously, Leviathan is always steps and steps and steps ahead, so I'd like to know what the actual plan is, and that's why I'm giving it all a pass, because we need to know what is Andrea's connection, what is Leviathan up to, what are we really trying to do, who is that old woman, why is Russell Rogers, how did he get Andrea I need the inquiring minds would like to know. We do get that obsidian launch. I would buy obsidian. I would buy a pair of contact lenses. I mean, it reminds me now once again to get another comparison. Ready Player One, that world in which everyone is basically part of this video game. Nine million people signed up. I could not believe that in a worldwide VR launch like this, like we weren't doing PlayStation numbers. This should have been 200 million people on the low end of being able to get contact lenses that shifts you, shapes you, gives you this VR world, and no one is even close to the competition. I mean, I remember when Google Glasses was about to be the thing, and everyone wished they had some Google Glasses, and they did nothing. They basically did nothing. They were extremely difficult, and that's why they didn't sell so well. And that was Google Glasses. So what would have happened if you had contact lenses that apparently worked amazingly and were launched? And this is the this is the catch. This is the punch. Make your imagination your reality today. Also, when it comes to the launch, you would think that people would use these contact lenses in the safety of their own homes, but they're just walking around in the streets like zombies not knowing what to do as they zone out into this new world that's being created. All I'm saying is there's a lot going on there. However, I'm glad we finally got this Obsidian launch. It's good to see. I cannot wait to see much, much more of what Obsidian's up to and how I personally believe Lena is going to use this for her own purposes. Here you have a collective group of people all in one place, all connected via Q-waves into one world, and you have this new power that of Inception that Lena's working on. There has to be a connection. We already connected Malefic to Lena uh, in a prediction and saying that Somehow Lena would have to utilize Malefic's power, so I cannot imagine this not playing a part in Lena's master plan. It'd be surprising to know if Lena was part of Leviathan. I don't think she is, but on this show, you never know, especially when it comes to a Luther. But one thing I do know is that you at home... It's not just me on this panel. You are as much, if not more, a part of this panel than all of us here at AfterBuzz. And we love discussing all of these things with you. Leave your theories and ideas and comments in the comments below. I love going over your theories. We love talking to the chat. And we enjoy everything you have to say. 
This is the best Supergirl after show on the planet. That is not my opinion, and that is all of yours. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and liking. Add those things to your palette. Share, subscribe, like, spread the word, share the love. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five stars we so greatly deserve. And thank you all so much for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Ryan, is there anything going on in the chat right now? Anything going on in the chat? Well, right now, Tehran, a lot of action coming from the chat. we got Captain Shock saying, how is Dreamer strong enough to even stop the title wave? Great question. Great question. As well as we got Billie Jean Girl saying, you know, back to Jesse Rath. What a freaking awesome actor. Amazing. Amazing actor. I mean, Jesse killed, killed that role of Brainy. And, and he's brought Brainy to life. He literally brought Brainy to life, and we've seen so many different manifestations of Brainy. We've seen, uh, we've seen emotionless Brainy. We've seen emotional Brainy. We've seen funny Brainy. We've seen, we've seen uh, comic relief Brainy. We've seen superhero Brainy, and now we see Brainy super villain, possessed villain Brainy, and then snap right back into the Brainy we all love. Amazing, amazing job. I, I give it up to that gentleman right there. I'm going to talk about one of my least favorite subplots, but it definitely is a part of the storyline we must discuss. Alex and Kelly, of course, Alex and Kelly are having a relationship. Kelly being Jimmy Olsen's sister, Alex being Cara Danvers' sister. We're finally getting an Olsen and a Danvers together. We tried with Jimmy and Cara. That lasted all of season one, episode one. So here we finally have two that get together, and it's their dataversary. Ryan, I don't know if you know what a dataversary is. I'm emotionally unavailable, so right. I'm not sure what one is, but I'm imagining it's the date that they started dating. I'm worried about that as well. I feel like I should know that for an upcoming You date. seem You seem like a person who would have a dataversary. I barely celebrate birthdays. So here we have Alex and Kelly and their dataversary. It's also where they're going to meet and, and do this Obsidian thing. If I was Alex, I'd be a little wary of doing the Obsidian thing. Here you're investigating the Rojas's and there you're willing to try these lenses and not tell Kelly, hey, there might be something sinister behind it. You're in there. You're working there. You want to help us look around? Nothing, nothing, nothing. So we get that. We also get a head nod back to Kelly's PTSD. She was engaged before her her fiance died on the front line. Here we see her seeing Alex in harm's way and freaking out. We get that scene in the bathroom. She's crying. A little bit too emotional for me. I don't know if I'm being too insensitive or unsympathetic. I've heard those things thrown out at my name before. However, I also think it just didn't play as much or play as hard into this storyline. I feel like we could have done more. Let's build up their romance a little more. Let's give us, we know, listen, we know that they like each other, but are they getting to this love point? What's going on? Let's get a little more involvement, maybe a little more danger for the two. And then we can start building on these feelings and making us empathetic towards this relationship and hoping it succeeds. Because as of right now, I could take it or leave it. It does not affect me one way or the other. And they keep dropping the ball on Kelly's storylines. I want to see why she was able to react or notice Malefic and if that's going to play again. I also want to see Alex now. She's replaced her care for Kara with her care for Kelly. Just play it out. Alex, if you're so concerned about Kelly and you love her, you knew you were going to a restaurant on the waterfront. Why not call your girlfriend and be like, run, run, 
Kelly, run, run, run. Something you would you would think Alex would warn her loved one, and yet we don't get any of that. Alex, of course, being the consummate hero, does go as a member of the DEO, does go and and plays her part, but she doesn't give a special attention to her 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 partner. So that's something I would like to see done. Kelly, honestly. Love you. You're a great character. I love the way you're being played. I don't care that you have PTSD from a from a previous fiance. I just don't care. You don't bring it up enough. If we heard about this fiance over and over and over again, then I would get annoyed by that, but at least understand why it came to play specifically in this episode. So is this going to be a cause for the breakup, which I thought it was, but it seems it brought them closer because of a motorcycle helmet. And all Alex had to do was be like, here's a helmet. I want you to be my riding partner well how about we get a writing partner in those writing rooms and we build up that storyline as well all i'm saying is when it comes to subplots this is definitely by far the weakest one the strongest subplot however is lena and lena's experiments here she is trying to use q waves to basically brainwash the entire planet to not hurting each other this all coming off of her Kara expose and Kara being supergirl and supergirl being Kara and Kara being her best friend but not telling her she's Supergirl and she's just taking this as a Luther and running with it and she is taking the most good-hearted villainous plan you possibly have which is I want to brainwash everybody so they don't hurt each other. Does this end? Well, of course not. It cannot. Let's be very honest. Whenever you are forcing people, manipulating people to do against their will or against what they want, then you're not doing the right thing. For example, when it comes to gun control... I personally don't want to live in a world where people can't have guns. I want to live in a world where people don't want to have guns. There is a difference. There's a difference between imposing, enforcing, and allowing people to have a freedom of choice and them choosing good. So I need to understand what Lena's ultimate motivation is, but I understand, without condoning, by the way, I understand where she's coming from and what she wants to do, and it makes sense to use Malefic because Malefic has this Inception power. What doesn't make sense is for Malefic to take a deal with Lena and then then think that Lena's going to stick with it as she explains, I'm against killing. I'm against killing. I will not let you kill. All Malefic wants is revenge, he, she uh, allegedly removes the barrier. By the way, we've seen Lena double-cross everyone almost to get her way. That is the Luther way, even though it's nothing specifically, quote-unquote, once again, air quotes, throwing them up, bad. She does kind of manipulate and uh, manipulate and, and persuade people to do things just so she could get her way. She recently did it to Kara to break in and get Lex's Lex's journals so she can decipher how to make this mind control process to begin with. So what did Malefic, who should be able to understand people's motivations, I mean, you're from a race of mind readers, buddy. How did he not know he was going to get double-crossed on that deal? I mean, you're making a deal with the devil. Everyone thinks that Malefic is the devil, but no, no, no. It's definitely going to be, it's going to be Lena. Lena is a Luther, she's a genius, and she has the much more motivated personal agenda. So here we have the deal gone awry. Malefic doesn't get what he wants, he thinks he does, but gives Lena exactly what she wants to the point where she uses that power on him, 
controlling his mind. How long can that last? Man, that's going to be crazy. And of course, we see Malefic take a human form, and he is the actor that used to be on Mad TV. Uh, just a great, basically a great way to go all the way. And it's Phil Lamar. Uh, if you know Phil Lamar, I mean, this is a, a, an actor who's just done great. And he's actually going to be a, a DC superhero girls. I mean, he it's just a lot. He, he's very involved in the, in the DC world. And I don't think this is the last we see of him. So it's good to have him and you're going to see him play more and more. It's good to have him. He was also the voice of John Stewart in the Superman Red Sun that's coming up. Can't wait for that to come out. We got someone in the chat, Icon TV, saying, Tehran needs to be the one to visit the Supergirl Writers Room up in Canada. Shout out to the Supergirl Writers Room. Tweet at them and at us, Supergirl. That's right. And if I was allowed in Canada, I would definitely do that. So let's get into our special segment, Supergirls. Every week we pick a Supergirl, uh, a girl who is trying to change the world. And as stated by Catco herself... If you have a problem with the word, word girl, the problem is with you and not the word. So, girls are some of the strongest people on the planet, and we're going with Springfield's Ashley Luna Gorbea. Now, this is why Ashley Luna Gorbea, who's 17, by the way, is a supergirl. She's from Springfield, Massachusetts. She's graduating high school. She's 17, and she is on the cover of Time magazine for the article on the newest generation entering the U.S. Armed Forces. Thank you so much for your service. She is joining the real DEO. She is a recent Springfield High School graduate and is among the few to receive such... It's a coveted spot. I mean, it is my dream in life, very honestly, to be on the cover of Time magazine, hopefully for something good. Ashley Luna Gorbia, 17, a graduate of Roger L. Putnam Vocational Technical Academy on State Street in Springfield, Massachusetts, was featured on that story in October 10th. A new generation enlists for a war older than they are. So these are the children who are going into the army to fight the war for our freedoms and hopefully not just for the military industrial complex. She states that the 9-11 attacks played a pivotal role in her decision. They had a moment of silence, she quotes, and I was like, whoa, and I asked my history teacher what's so special about today. She told Time, and she said that 9-11 was a moment when the whole country came together, and that really struck me how something so big could make us all unite. Well, Gorbia was a part of Putnam's Marine Junior ROTC in 2017, has recently earned the position of squad leader in the U.S. Marine Corps training camp in Paris Island. So, kudos to you, and once again, thank you so much for your service. The new generation of young people who are entering the armed forces and Ashley Luna Gorbia. Maybe we're going with a young group of people who have different principles and can make the world, the peaceful change that we all want to see. I'm looking forward to see a lot more from this young Supergirl. Thank you. Uh, let's get into some news and gossip. Shall we? After Buzz TV news. Well, here we have cinema blends. Boom, boom, boom. 
one of our favorite websites with Supergirl news. Apparently, playing Supergirl has ruined Halloween for Melissa Benoist. Yes, Melissa, who plays Supergirl and reminds me of someone near and dear to my heart. Halloween is frequently a big night for many people, and in general, celebrities are no different. We've seen so many celebrity parties. Our favorite actors, singers, musicians, and models love taking to social media to show off their creative and creepy and sometimes cheesy costumes for all to enjoy. But this year, one celebrity did the exact opposite. It looks like Supergirl's Melissa Benoist has had enough of dressing up for the foreseeable future. Melissa posted a picture of her in her Supergirl costume, along with an interesting little note to her Instagram feed, and it sounds like we may never see her wear another costume that's not related to her role again. Halloween feels moot, she said, when you sort of dress for it every day. Go figure. May you all fill your pillowcases to the brim with candy tonight and listen to your mom when she makes you put a coat over your costume because you will get sick. I'm talking to you, Colorado, where it snowed. I was recently just there. So great to see her and ball humbug to her. But guess what? We love you so much. And what's the better costume than that Supergirl costume? The new one versus the old one? Let me know in the comment below which one you think is more Supergirl. The new Supergirl costume or the old Supergirl costume? Yes, yes, y'all. Let's get into some predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Well, when it comes to predictions, I am citing I am citing the concept of Supergirl. She's in it not for the story, but for the justice. Supergirl Car Donvers will not give up this Rojas investigation. She will find and delve into it deeper. You can't stop her once she gets going. And though she is under the impression that Andrea has nothing to do with it, she will find out, as will William Day, the obsessive compulsive. This is his life mission he needs to know more and even though he's defeated he's not deflated i think we get a lot more into that investigation and we find that tie-in to who andrea is really working with and who's truly behind leviathan i also think that lena is going to use obsidian to finalize her experiment with q waves and use try to use it at least in order to mind wipe and brainwash everybody and beginning with obsidian and go from there we definitely know that her inception power is is now going to be a problem. She's already used it once. It's a slippery slope. Once you use it once, you're going to use it again. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. I do not think that this Alex and Kelly storyline, which I find weak, is going to be over. I think something major happens and we need Alex and Kelly for something, some conflict to arise in which we need Kelly to use that power again or use her position in Obsidian North and it causes a rift between her and Alex. So I, I don't know if I'm really invested in that in that relationship, but I am invested in knowing what's really going on behind the scenes. So I can't wait for more of that. But we can't uh, we can't find out now. We're gonna find out next week. Where can people find you if you want to be found, Ryan Nilsson? You guys can find me at Ryan Nilsson underscore, and you can find this after show every Sunday at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's at 10 p.m. Sunday. That's right, and actually, you can find a Twitter. And Twitter at Supergirl Tehran. That's right. Someone Supergirl Tehran for me. I trust me. It is not me tweeting. You can find me, however, at I am Tehran all across the social atmosphere. That's I A M T E H R A N. And of course, hosting and paneling on a slew of other AfterBuzz after shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until next week, we're going to be talking more Supergirl. Up, up, and away. would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. 
buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.